Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 78 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. My Son Jeep was a sitcom that ran on NBC Radio and Television, January to June 1953 on radio, and July to September of that year on television. It was later revived as a 15-minute weeknight radio show on CBS from October 3rd to November 9th, 1956. Despite its short run, it is a hilarious situation comedy with great performances by Martin Houston and later Bobby Alford as Jeffrey Jeep Allison, kind of a Dennis the Menace-type youngster. His father, Dr. Robert Allison, was played by Donald Cook and Paul McGrath on radio, and Jeffrey Lynn on TV, and Joan Laser as daughter Peggy Allison. Amos and Andy was another long-running comedy radio show starring Freeman Gosden and Charles Carell as two black characters, first in Chicago, then later in Harlem, New York. It ran from 1928 to 1960 on radio, and had a brief two-year stint on television from 1951 to 1953, although the TV show did not star Gosden or Carell. Despite the radio show generating some controversy over the stereotyped language and the fact that white actors were portraying black characters, it remained a mainstay of American radio for decades. Now sit back and enjoy the February 15, 1953 broadcast of My Son Jeep and the June 9, 1944 broadcast of Amos and Andy. Good evening. <laughs> this is Jeep's father, Dr. Allison. If I may take a moment of your time before our show tonight, I want to express my very sincere appreciation for all the wonderful letters and cards so many of you have written to us uh, telling us how much you like the show. Even though we can't answer each one of you separately, we enjoy hearing from you, and we hope you'll continue to let us know if you like... Hey, Pop, don't forget to thank him for us, too! <laughs> okay, son, I won't. On behalf of Mrs. Bixby and Peggy and the young man you've just heard... Thanks from all us Allisons to all of you. We hope you'll be listening for a long time to come. And now for tonight's show. Do you know the best way to turn a, a bobcat into a wolf? Well, I'll be back in just a minute to tell you how one person accomplished that. That's right, I mean my young offspring, my son, Jeep. <laughs> Yes, it's My Son Jeep, the warm-hearted adventures of the Allison family of Grove Falls, and starring Donald Cook as Doc with young Martin Houston as wonderful, unpredictable, 10-year-old Jeep Allison. I remember reading somewhere something about the best laid plans of mice and men going astray or something. Anyway, whoever wrote it, I know what he means. Jeep had some plans not long ago. They were good plans and he meant well, but as usual, something went astray. It started one Friday afternoon with Jeep's arrival home from school. Just the one I wanted to see. 
I know, you're hungry. Well, if the kitchen still standing after the way you slammed that door, you'll find some apple pie in the icebox. Oh, I don't want anything to eat. Well, if you haven't got food on your mind, what do you want with me? Oh, gee, that's no way to talk. Came all the way home from school just to do you a favor. Do me a what? A favor, you know. Oh, listen, I'm busy. The biggest favor you can do for me is to keep out of my way. Oh, gosh, that's not much of a good deed. I couldn't count that. Gee, what on earth are you talking about? Well, tomorrow's Saturday, isn't it? There's a scout meeting. Oh, now I get it. You mean your good deeds for the Cub Scouts. Sure, and I'm four behind. If I don't make them up before the meeting tomorrow, something awful might happen. Oh, such as what? Well, I might stay a bobcat the rest of my life. That would be dreadful. Yeah. Never get to be a wolf or a bear or a lion. My goodness. Or a webelos. A waterlose? A webelos. That's the highest rank you can be in the Cub Scouts. So please, Mrs. Bixby, can't I do a good deed for you? Well, I sure wouldn't want to keep you from being all them animals. So, so I guess there is something you can do for me. What? Well, you can take the big basket in the back porch and get the wash down off the line. You mean all of it? Well, now, what would be the point of taking down part of it? Yeah, I suppose you're right. Anyway, it'll give you an appetite. Do I have to do it now? <laughs> Don't sound so enthusiastic. Yes, do it now if you're going to do it at all. Well, is there an awful lot of washing out there? Yeah, it's quite a bit. Why? I was just thinking. If there's that much wash, couldn't we count that as two good deeds? Well, you, you might, but I wouldn't. Well, it's just an idea. Not a very good one. Oh, hi, Pop. Oh, hello, son. Uh, what are you doing home so early? I have some very important things to take care of. Oh, by the way, Mrs. Bixby, Miss Miller won't be having supper with us tonight. She won't? Well, how come? Well, she's going to a church supper or something. <laughs> I know them suppers. Chicken croquettes and canned peas. Oh, gee, Pop, don't let her go. Well, listen, you two. We don't own Miss Miller, you know. Just because she works for me and eats with us doesn't mean she can't have a life outside. And speaking of outside, Jeep, when you bring in the wash, don't forget to pick up all the clothespins. I won't. Uh, there must be something wrong with my hearing. Huh? I could have sworn I heard her say that you were going to bring in the wash. Oh, Pop, is there any favor I can do for you? Well, now I know I have to have my ears examined. Uh, have you been up to something? Not. Then how come this sudden flurry of goodwill? Golly, Pop, you act like I never did anything for you. Oh, I do. Well, I'm sorry, Jeep. I, I didn't mean to. I suppose I shouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth. Huh? No, that's just an expression, son. Oh, well, what does it mean? Well, uh, you, uh, you know the first thing a man does when he's buying a horse. No, I never bought one. Yeah, that's not the point. Uh, before you buy a horse, you always open his mouth to look at his teeth. That's so you can tell how old he is. Well, how do you know? Well, I saw it in a movie once. Now, just take it from me. It's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, where was I? Looking in the horse's mouth. <laughs> well, the, the expression means that when you're offered something for nothing, uh, don't examine it too closely. But if, I, but if somebody gave me a horse, I'd want to know how old it was. Now, that's got nothing to do with it. It's just a saying. Now, drop the whole thing. Okay. Now, can I do you a favor? Why? Well, my scout meeting's tomorrow afternoon. And I'm four good deeds behind. Oh, so that's what all this is about. Now, why did you let yourself get so far behind? Oh, you know how it is, Pop. The week sort of slips by before you know it. So, please, haven't you got a good deed I can do for you? Well, right now, old boy, I can't think of any. 
Gee, not even one. Well, don't get downhearted. You've got until tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, but you don't know how hard it is to find good deeds to do for people. Well, it's funny, but I can remember times when there were jobs to do around the house and you never volunteered. Well, that was different. I wasn't behind in my good deeds then. <clears throat> Bonjour, mon père. Huh? Et vous aussi, mon petit frère. What's the matter with her? Your, uh, your sister is speaking French, or a reasonable facsimile. She is? Eh bien, mon fille, comment ça va? Gee, you too, Pop? Je suis heureuse de vous voir cet après-midi. No, I'm sorry, honey. I lost you on that one. Honestly, Father. I said I was glad to see you this afternoon. Oh. Well, I'm glad to see you too, Peggy. All that just to say hello. <laughs> You're just jealous because you don't speak French. I speak pig Latin. That's a lot harder. <laughs> now, now, Jeep, don't, don't make fun of Peggy. She's doing very well with her French. Thank you, Father. It's a relief that somebody in this family appreciates the finer things in life. Ha, ha, ha. Only 13 and she talks like she was in college. Father, I have something I wish to say to you. Well, go ahead, dear. Mon cher papa. Le demain après-midi, le cercle français projet en session de notre maison. Uh, honey, I, I think you better take that in English. You see, my French is pretty rusty. Yeah, I'd like to know what's going on, too. My French club is having a meeting here tomorrow afternoon. It's a very special occasion. What's so special about a lot of girls jabbering in French? <laughs> Father... Are you going to stand there and let him insult me? Now, both of you, stop it. I'm going up to my room and practice my French. Ah, bonjour, mes amis. Je suis heureuse de vous voyeur. Women. <laughs> Do you understand them, Pop? Me? I don't even understand ten-year-old boys. Where are you going? Speaking of women reminded me. I gotta take in the wash. <laughs> You got a train to catch, Jeep? Huh? Well, don't gulp your milk that way. What's the rush? You've got all evening. I've got a lot on my mind, Pop. Well, I don't see the connection. Take it a little easy. May I be excused, Father? Well, sure, but can't you keep me company until I finish my coffee? Father, I am the hostess tomorrow. I have to make a speech of welcome to the girls in French. What's the matter with them? Don't they understand just plain English? Jeep. <laughs> Okay, I apologize. Well, you're excused, Peggy. Never let it be said I stood in the way of culture. Go on upstairs and practice. Ah, bonjour, mes amis. Je suis très heureuse de vous voyeur. You're excused too, Jeep, if you want to be. Yeah. Guess we might as well start in clearing off the table. You are going to clear the table? Sure. Oh, oh, of course, your good deeds. How many more do you have to go? This is the last one. Well, you see, I told you you'd get them all in. Well, it wasn't easy, Pop. Do you realize this will be my fourth good deed since I got home from school this afternoon? Uh, turn around a minute, son. Why? Just wanted to see if you were beginning to sprout wings. That's <laughs> kind of funny, Pop. Well, every now and then I get off a good one. <laughs> You know, Doctor, I can't get over this boy. He's been a real help to me tonight with his good deeds. Well, that's the way to get to be a Webelos. Come again? A Webelos. That's the highest rank you can be in the Cub Scouts. 
You know, if we grown-ups had any sense, we'd take a tip from the Cub Scouts. If all of us went around doing a good deed every day, this might be a better world. Oh, isn't that the truth? Oh, uh, by the way, Mrs. Bixby, I meant to ask you, uh, what was that new casserole we had tonight? You noticed it, huh? Well, it, it tasted a little different. Yeah. Uh, how about the cake? Well, come to think of it, that was a little different, too. Uh-huh. Mm. That was one of uh, Jeep's good deeds. He wanted to help with supper, so I asked him to sprinkle grated cheese over the macaroni casserole and shredded coconut over the icing on the cake. <laughs> oh, so he put the coconut in the macaroni. I did. You did. Grated cheese on marshmallow icing. Oh. But, Pop, you had two whole helpings. Oh, please, don't remind me. <laughs> oh, I better get the table cleared off. Gee, don't you dare carry that many dishes all at once. Oh, don't get scared. I can handle them all right. Uh, doctor, how many more good deeds does he have to do? Uh, this makes the last one, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, no. Well, that good deed just sets you back $3. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, Mrs. Bixby I'll pick up all the pieces Oh, excuse me, doctor I better go supervise Father Look at what that child has done now What? This is the end, the absolute end Now, now, calm down, honey What's the matter? Look at this What is it? That was my diary Wet, isn't it? <laughs> it is positively soaked Look how the ink is run Page after page, ruined. Well, all right, dear. We'll get to the bottom of this. Uh, Jeep, come here a minute. Oh, my most secret thoughts just... just washed away. <laughs> I know, Peg, but I, I'm sure your brother didn't do it intentionally. You want me, Pop? Yeah. Uh, how did Peggy's diary happen to get wet? Gosh, I don't know. You do so, Jeffrey Allen. Were you in your sister's room this evening, son? Well, yes. I went in to do her a good deed. See, that big plan on her desk looked awful dry. So I got a pitcher of water, and I... Oh, oh, I must afford too much. <laughs> you certainly did. But I didn't know your diary was there, Peggy. Well, why didn't you look? I always keep it on the desk. I'm sorry. I'll buy you a new one out of my allowance. There, you see, dear. Oh, that's all very well. But what'll I do about January? What do you mean? Father, you know perfectly well that every night I write in my diary what I did during the day. And now January is simply washed away. <laughs> How can I possibly remember what I did last month? Why do you want to? Oh, don't be infantile. What else is a diary for? But Jeep's apologized, dear, and he's going to buy you a new diary. Don't you think you should forgive him? I suppose so. But suddenly, Father, I feel so... so old. You do? <laughs> How time flies. Another whole month gone out of my life forever. Pop. Hmm? I was wondering, you think I ought to count clearing the table as a good deed? Well, I don't know, son. You did break all those dishes. All but one. Oh, really? Well, every cloud has a silver lining. <laughs> what should I count it? You didn't accomplish what you set out to, did you? I guess not. Well, in that case, we don't count it. Then I've got to find another good deed to do. Oh, yeah, in that case, we do count it. <laughs> okay, if you say so. Uh, now that you're all caught up on your good deeds, try to stay that way, won't you? Don't worry, Pop, I will. Which reminds me, are you caught up on your homework? Well, gee, how could I be with everything else I've been doing? Well, then how about getting to it now? Oh, I only got my history lesson to read. 
Well, tell you what. You read your history book. Uh, I'll read my medical journal. And here comes Miss Bixby with her knitting. And we'll have a nice, quiet evening. Okay. Oh, I always say there's nothing better than getting your day's work done and sitting down and relaxing. Mm-hmm. Pop. Hmm? You know history? Oh, I used to, but we sort of lost track of each other. Why? Boy, this Charlie Magny must have been quite a guy. Who? Charlie Magny. He was a French king. Oh, you mean Charlemagne. <laughs> I like the way Jeep says it better. Important question to ask you. Oh, fire away, honey. Would you consider a de-rigueur to serve cocoa and sandwiches in the middle of my club meeting tomorrow? No, I think it'd be fine, but don't forget, I'm no authority. Oh, uh, no, you sit still, doctor. I'll get it. <clears throat> uh, Dr. Allison's residence. Oh, hello there, Miss Roberts. <laughs> well, what was that? Pajamas. Well, no, of course we aren't missing any. Who? Oh, uh, oh, uh-huh. They did. Oh, my land. Oh, that's a shame, Miss Roberts. Oh, I hope you find out who it all belongs to. Yes, um, uh, goodbye. Oh. What was all that about? Oh, some poor family around here had all their wash blown all over the neighborhood. Oh, I sure pity whoever has to do it over. Oh, my goodness. Ms. Roberts found some. Miss Cress across the street in the harbors in back of us. All the neighbors are trying to find out who it belongs to. But how could a thing like that happen? Well, maybe somebody took down their wash and forgot to bring it in. Hey, uh, wait a minute. Jeep, Alice. Yes, ma'am? Did you bring our wash in? Why, sure, don't you remember? I went out and took it off the line. And then I... Ay-yi-yi. Just what I thought. You left the wash outside. Jeep, if any of my clothes are lost. What? You you mean that's our stuff all over the neighborhood? But golly, I didn't mean to. Oh, well, come on now, everybody. We got work to do. Now, Peggy, you run over to the Harpers and see how much they picked up. And and Doctor, you go across the street to Miss Cress, and I'll go to Mrs. Roberts and (sighs) Jeep. Yes, Mrs. Bixby. You go up and down the block, child, and ask at all the other houses. Now, everybody, get your coats and hats. I'm going to feel absolutely ridiculous going up to Mrs. Cress and saying, Excuse me, madam, I just dropped by to pick up some of my laundry. Oh, now, just dump the clothes down here by the stairs, doctor. I'll throw them in the machine in a minute. Okay. Well, when the children get back, I'll check everything to be sure nothing's missing. This has been one of the weirdest days we've spent in a long time, Mrs. Bixby. Well, here's Peggy. All I can say is it's a good thing it's dark outside. Here's what I collected. Can you imagine what would happen if any of my friends had seen me with all that wash? I'd be absolutely finished socially. Listen, if we didn't get that wash back, I'd be finished financially. (laughs) What if it's taken deep so long? Well, maybe he stopped along the way to do a few more good deeds. Oh, my lands, I better warn the neighbors. No, 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 I was just kidding. <laughs> no, he, he's all finished. Are you sure, Father? Well, pretty sure. Let's see, he spread the wash all over town. He, he put the cheese on the marshmallow icing. And then he broke the dishes and uh, ruined Peggy's diary. Yeah, that's four good deeds. He's all caught up. Hi. Where do you want this, Mrs. Bixby? Uh, over here with all the rest of it. Did you look everywhere? Worry, I picked up everything. Oh, there's my very best school dress. Thank goodness you didn't lose that. 
I'll get it. Well, I'm not in, unless it's a patient. Hi, Boots, come on in. I can only stay a minute. I just dropped by to find out how you were coming along with your good deeds. I got them all done. You did? I didn't think you'd ever catch up. Sure. What's all that laundry doing in the hall? That's one of my good deeds. You mean getting it dirty? <laughs> well, I'll tell you about it later. Did you good, did get your good deed in today? Yeah. What'd you do? Helped an old lady across the street. Gosh, all the way home from school? I looked for an old lady, too. I couldn't find even one. Well, it took a lot of time. I had to stand on the corner a half an hour before one came along. Even then I had trouble. How come? She didn't want to cross the street. <laughs> you can't count that, Boots. Sure I can. I took her across the street and then I brought her back again. <laughs> oh, but I can't figure out how you could do five good deeds all in one afternoon. What do you mean, five? You mean four. I mean five. Look, Monday I took out the ashes. That left Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Four days. I did four good deeds today. You took out the ashes Sunday. I did not. You did so, Jeep Allison. I helped you, didn't I? Yeah. It was Sunday. Golly. So you still got Monday's good deed to do. Well, I gotta get on home. See you tomorrow morning. Gee, just when I thought it was all finished. Pop. What do you want, son? Can I tell you something? Certainly. Well, I made a mistake. I still have one more good deed to do. Jeep, I had a long day, and I'm tired. Uh, for once, I'm going to put my foot down. I don't care if you have 50 good deeds left. Do them tomorrow. <laughs> well, uh, Jeep went to bed about nine that night and probably to dream about becoming a Webelos or whatever it is, and the rest of the evening passed very quietly. The next day was Saturday, and right after lunch, Mrs. Bixby and Peggy went out shopping for her party, and I had to run over to the hospital to visit a patient. Jeep and his friend Boots were left alone in the house. Look, we've only got half an hour before the scout meeting. Come on, Boots, think of something. I'm trying, ain't I? Only one good deed. You think that'd be easy enough to find? I keep telling you, we're not going to find it here. We've been over the house from top to bottom. I got an idea. Let's go over to your house. Oh, no. My mother's got a rule. No good deeds inside the house. <laughs> hey, I know. What? I'll get out the vacuum cleaner and clean the rug here in the living room. It's clean already. Well, Boots, it might be clean enough for you and me. But it's not clean enough for Peggy. What's she got to do with it? She's got a big party coming over here this afternoon. The whole French club's coming over. What for? To talk French, what else? What do they want to do that for? Oh, who knows? Come on, help me get the vacuum cleaner. You think it's fair to count this for your good deed? Well, sure, it's for Peggy, isn't it? Yeah. I guess it's all right. Give me a hand with this and watch out for the cord. This will be easy. A couple of times over the rug and we'll be all through. Who's we? This is your good deed. Well, you can plug in the plug at least. Okay, it's plugged in. Turn the switch on. What are you waiting for? I turned it on. It's not working. Then put the vacuum cleaner away and find something else. Oh, what are you talking about? I'll fix it. How? Well, there's electricity in the socket, isn't there? I don't know. Well, there is, and it comes through the cord, and the cord's all right. 
So the trouble must be in the switch. You give me your scout knife. What are you going to do? It's a switch, of course. What's at this end, Jeep? That's where the dirt bag is. Maybe the trouble's in there. Hey, don't touch that or the dirt might fall out. It slipped. Now look what you did, Boots. Gee, never would have thought such a little machine could hold such a lot of dirt. Don't track it all over the place. I'm sorry, Jeep. Oh, that's okay. Let's put the bag back in. As soon as I get this working, I can get that pile of dirt up in no time. Let's see, what is it? Oh, this little screw here is loose. I'll just tighten it. Yeah, now it ought to work. Nothing. That's funny. Mrs. Bixby was using it yesterday. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe a fuse is blown. Well, tough luck. We better get started for the meeting. Oh, no, I'm not giving up now. Where are you going? Down south to check the fuses. When I yell, you turn the switch on. Okay, but make it snappy. We'll be late. Oh, hello, Boots. Well, are you here alone? Oh, hi, Dr. Allison. Well, where's G... What's that dirt doing on the floor? Jeep's down the cellar. What? Well, what for? What are you kids up to? Okay, Boots, switch it on. Still doesn't work. Hey, what's going on here? Jeep's doing Peggy a favor. What? All right, try it again. Still ain't working. Hey, will you please stop all this yelling back and forth and get this dirt cleaned up before Peggy and Mrs. Bixby see it? We're trying to. The vacuum cleaner isn't working. Will you please tell me why you took it out in the first place? Okay, try it again. Try hey, what? Jeep, your father's here. What? I said your father's here. Oh, tell him my father's not home. Jeep, come up here this minute. Is that you, Pop? Well, I think so. Come up here. Now, Boots, let's hear your version of all this. Well, you see, Jeep still had one good deed to do. Well, why didn't he just set fire to the house? Huh? <laughs> well, never mind. Go, go on. So, he decided that. You really want to hear this? No, but go on. I didn't expect to be back so soon, Pop. Well, that's pretty obvious. How did all this dirt get on the road? That was my fault, Doctor. No, it was mine, Pop. But I spilled the dirt, Chief. You wouldn't have if I hadn't gotten the vacuum cleaner out. I'm the one to blame. Well, I'm not blaming anyone, but... But why get the vacuum cleaner out in the first place? The living room's perfectly clean. Or, I mean, it was. Well, to tell the truth, I was getting a little desperate. Here's time to go to the scout meeting. And gosh, Pop, unless I live up to all the rules, I'll be a bobcat until I'm an old man. Unless that mess is cleaned up before Peggy gets home, you may not live to be an old man. <laughs> yeah. Boy, she'd be mad, wouldn't she? That's a mild way of describing it. The house wouldn't be a fit place for either of us. This is a big party, Jeep. I know. Come on, Chief. Fix the vacuum cleaner if you're gonna, and let's get to the meeting. Yeah, okay, Boots. You take now, your... Now, ho, 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 hold it, both of you. Boots. Yes, sir? Sit down, over there. Yes, sir. And Jeep, you sit over here. I'll fix the vacuum cleaner. You sure you know how, Pop? Oh, what kind of a question is that? Of course I know how. <laughs> now, <clears throat> what's wrong with it? It doesn't work. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> Switch is all right. Well, let's check the cord. Oh, well, no wonder it won't work. What's the matter? Well, nothing much. The plug's just not in all the way. I thought I plugged it all the way in. Yeah, now, I'll turn the switch on. Gee, something's wrong! Hey, Pop, it's going to burn all over the place! Oh, quick, somebody turn off the switch and yank out the cord. Hurry it up! Gee, what a mess. 
Well, how... How did it happen? You must have had the holes on the wrong end. I? I didn't touch it. Uh-oh, somebody think of something fast. Here they come. So if you get the cocoa ready, Mrs. Bixby, I'll... Oh, Mrs. Bixby! Look! Mercy alive, what happened? The hose was on the wrong end. What? Oh, Doctor, you've got to watch out for those things. I was spraying with it yesterday. Oh, what am I going to do? My wonderful party absolutely ruined. Uh, now, darling, it's no such thing. We'll get the room cleaned up. But, but the girls will be here in a few minutes. Well, we'll just have to work as fast as we can. Well, now, I'll handle this. Peggy, you go on in and start making the cocoa. And Boots, take that, ho- that hose off that end and put it on the other. And, and Jeep, go get a dust cloth out of the kitchen. And Doctor, uh, you stay out of my way. No, I, I feel I ought to help. Well, then get the attachments out of the hall closet. Oh, there are some of my guests now. Well, just keep them out in the hall. But what honey. do I do? Talk French to them till we get the room cleaned up. And you know what, Pop? After all the trouble we went to to clean up the living room for Peggy's party, Boots didn't think I ought to count it as a good deed. Well, did you count it, Jeep? I'll clean it up, didn't I? Anyway, Pop, it wasn't me who made the mess. Uh, are you insinuating it was me? Am I what? Uh, are you saying it was my fault? Well, you turn on the vacuum cleaner. Well, isn't that exactly what you were trying to do? But I didn't. Yeah, okay, you win. You can count it. I already have. <clears throat> Pop. What is it now? Want to hear something? Only if it's good news. What's well, real good news? Well, don't keep me in suspense. I am now a wolf. Oh, 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 I remember. That's one step higher than a bobcat. Yep. And just think, Pop, pretty soon you'll be able to tell all your friends that your son is a Wettelos. That Jeep will be the proudest moment of my life. My Son Jeep was created and written by Walter Black and William Mendrick and directed by Dan Sutter. Music selection by John Geller. Tonight's cast included Leona Powers as Mrs. Bixby, Joan Laser as Peggy, Dick Wigginton as Boots, and featured young Martin Houston as 10-year-old Jeep. Starring in the role of Doc is one of America's finest actors and most versatile comedians, Donald Cook. And now, this is Fred Collins inviting you to be with us again next week, same time, same station, for the next delightful visit with Dr. Allison and my son, Jeep. My Son, Jeep has been a presentation of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.
Andy, Andy, will you please come on? Wait a minute, Amos. What's going on here? It's the Amos and Andy Show. Well, things are normal this week with Amos and Andy, which means that Andy's in trouble again. This time, the trouble is in the form of some bills which he has neglected to pay. As we look in on him now, we find Andy sitting in his office talking to Fred Gwindell. Just look at these bills all over the desk here, Fred. I wish I could think of some way to keep them from coming in here all the time. They bothers the life out of me. Well, Brother Andy, you could get a job, you know, and pay for them. Oh, well, they don't bother me that much. <laughs> uh, uh, tell me this, Andy, who's pounding at you now? Well, there's one firm that's really closing in on me. Let me show you a series of three letters I got from them. Uh, yeah, I'd like to hear them. Read them there. Now, here's the first one. My dear Mr. Brown, it was with great pleasure that we received your order, and we trust that this will be the beginning of a long and happy association. Sounds good. Undoubtedly, due to an oversight, you have neglected to remit the $7 due us. Sounds bad. <laughs> We hope to receive your check at your earliest convenience. You see there, Fred, they hung themselves right there when they say, my earliest convenience. <laughs> so happens that my earliest convenience is late this year. Yeah, well, now, uh, uh, that don't sound like such a bad letter, though, Andy. Yeah, well, let me read you the next one that I got ten days later. Oh. It starts off here, Mr. Brown. Now, you see there, Fred, they left off the my dear. Yeah. As far as they are concerned, the honeymoon is over. They get right down to business, they are, Yeah, they say here, we are at a loss to understand your failure to remit the $7 you owe us. We trust that you will send this to us without further delay. You notice, Fred, they didn't say a word in there about our happy association. <laughs> then they go on to say here, we must insist that you send us your check by return mail so as not to impair our cordial relations. Now they're dragging my relations in. <laughs> my relations ain't got no more money than I have. Yeah, well, I guess they don't care who pays the money as long as they get paid. Yeah, well, here's the last one I got. Uh -huh. This is where our romance finally puts it up good. Uh -huh. Starts off here, dear sir. Unless we receive the $7 you owe us within the next 24 hours, our lawyers will take the necessary legal steps. And there you is. That's the whole picture. From love to jail in three letters. <laughs> I tell you, Fred, I done lost all confidence in humanity. You know that? Yeah, well, I see what you mean, Andy. Uh, but you didn't tell me this. Uh, uh, what is the $7 for that they are after? What did you buy? I didn't buy nothing. No. The Comfy Collar Shirt Company done sent me some shirts free of charge, and now they're trying to make me pay for them. Uh, free of charge? Yeah. I never hear of nobody sending those shirts without charging for them, though. Well, that's the imprint they give you from the advertisement that I got in the mail. Well, here it is, right here. You can see for yourself. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see that. Let me see here. Say, your name has been given to us as a prominent businessman, one who appreciates fine merchandise. Will you allow us to send you four shirts which you may examine free of charge? These shirts are of the best, these shirts are the best dollar and seventy-five cent value to be found anywhere today. However, if by any chance you do not like them, you may return them to us within five days. 
Well, Andy, uh, that's what you ought to have done, done. You ought to have done sent the shit back. They said to return them if I didn't like them, but I liked them. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I grant you, grant you that, Andy. Uh, the ad is a little confusing, but no matter how you read that, you still got to pay them for the shirts or send them the shirts back one of the two. You know, Fred, you was beginning to sound like you was on their side. <laughs> I ain't got no money, and the church is gone. Well, can't you get them back, Andy? No, I can't get them back, and I'll tell you why. Oh, why? The day that the church was delivered, it was Amos's birthday. Yeah. I was sitting here in the office when Amos walked in. I done clean forgot about Amos's birthday, and I didn't get him no present, and there was nothing I could do but give him the shirt. Yeah, well, Amos is a pretty good friend of yours. Uh, why don't you try to get him to give you the shirts back again? Yeah, I guess that's the only thing to do to stay out of trouble. I'm going to call him on the phone. Is that you, Amos? Uh, yes, honey. Oh, I'm so glad you got home. Andy called a little while ago. Oh, what did he want, honey? He asked me about those four shirts that he gave you for your birthday about two months ago. He wanted them back. Wanted them back? That's right. He said he's been thinking it over, and he doesn't think those shirts are right for you. You know, that green polka dot one and the pink one and the other two. He said he wants to get those back and get you four new ones sometime. Yeah, well, uh, what did you tell him, honey? I was so embarrassed I didn't know what to tell him for a second. I finally said they were all in the laundry and wouldn't be back for a couple of weeks. You remember, Amos, you gave all those shirts to Ralph Jenkins. Yeah, that's right. I remember we discussed the whole thing, too. The shirts was too big for me, and we said that it wasn't right with the clothes shortage to leave them shirts laying in the drawer that we ought to give them to somebody that really needed them. Yes, and I, I didn't want to tell Andy about it because I didn't want to hurt his feelings after he'd done all that shopping. Yeah, well, we just got to stick to that story and tell him that they is in the laundry and they won't be back for a long time. <laughs> And so, Kingfish, in a nutshell, there's the mess I is in. I can't get the shirts back in time. Yeah, see what you mean there, Brother Andrew, but how does this concern me? Well, I want you to help me, Kingfish, because I know you is like a eel when it comes to squirming out of things like this. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, and, uh, Yeah, I've done some high-class wiggling in my day. <laughs> You see, Kingfish, right now it's a race between the four shirts, the seven dollars, and the lawyers. And so far, the lawyers is way ahead. Uh, tell me this, Andy. Suppose I does help you wheel out of this mess. Uh, what is in it for me? Well, of course, I ain't got no money right now. But... Well, in that case, you've come to the wrong man. I'm strictly a cash wiggler. <laughs> Say, Kingfish, something just recurred to me. Mm-hmm. I is holding the IOU of yours in the amount of three dollars. Hey, well, it's got to be running along, I understand. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Come back here. Wait a minute. Hold on. What's the matter? Besides that, it also just recurred to me that there's a law that say that nobody can't give credit for more than 60 days. And your 60 days was up 90 days ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you got yourself a wiggler. <laughs> now you're talking. Mm-hmm. Now, which is the best and cheapest way to get me out of this mess? Well, now, offhand, I would say if there was some way of getting them shirts back, that would be the best. Oh, no, not a chance. Like I told you, Amos done sent them four shirts to the laundry, and they ain't going to be back for two weeks. 
Uh, did you say four shirts? Yeah, why? Well, now, this may be just a coincidence. Uh, maybe it don't mean nothing, but about a month ago, Amos gave four shirts to one of the large brothers, a fellow by the name of Ralph Jenkins. Uh, uh, Amos told Ralph that he didn't want the shirts. Yeah, you know what kind of shirts they was? Well, I see them wear a couple of them. One of them was a pink one, I remember, and one was a green polka dot. Oh, yeah. So that's what Amos done done with the presents I give him, huh? Laundry. Hmm. I can hardly wait for Amos' next birthday to come to don't give him nothing. <laughs> well, now, uh, this is the answer, then, to the whole thing, Andy. We'll get the shirts back from Jenkins, and we'll tell him that Amos ain't had no right to give them to him in the first place. And that if he'll keep his mouth shut... But it, why, he ain't gonna get in no trouble. Let's go, Kingfish. I just hope in the meantime that none of Jenkins' friends has had a birthday. left Andy and the Kingfish on their way to get back the shirts which Amos had given away to Ralph Jenkins. As we picked them up now, we discovered that the task of retrieving the shirts was not as difficult as the boys had imagined. Kingfish, I never thought we'd get these shirts back from Ralph Jenkins as easy as this. Yeah, lucky thing his door was open, Andy. <laughs> uh, going in his laundry bag and taking the shirts out, uh... That wasn't stealing, was it, Kingfish? Oh, of course not, Anna. We just repossessed property that didn't belong to the fellow we was taking from in the first place. That's all right. Yeah, well, that's all right, then. Yeah, well, now, Anna, you now that you've got the shirts, uh, we better take them right down to the Comfy Collar Shirt Company and return them. Then you were square. Yeah, well, look, the advertisement is right on my desk over there. Yeah. Get the address off it, will you, Kingfish? Yeah, yeah the address here is way downtown. Uh, say, this really was offered it made you, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Dollar and seventy-five cent value. Uh oh. What's the matter? Oh, uh, didn't you read this? Read what? It say here, in the event that you decide not to keep these shirts, you may return them to us, providing they has not been worn. Oh me. You know, Kingfish, that comfy collar shirt company is out to get me. Yeah, well, well, these shirts has all been worn, right? Uh, and when that Ralph Jenkins wears shirts, he really wears them. You lucky, though, Andy, we got him away from him before the summer sets in. In the summertime, he wears his shirts on both sides. Only in the summer, huh? Yeah. Oh, in the winter, when uh, he turns the shirts on the other side, he claims the buttons is chilly. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what we're going to do now, Kingfish. They ain't going to take these shirts back. Hey, well, uh, wait a minute. Who is this coming in here? Howdy, uh-huh. gentlemen. My name is Jack Stanley. I'm looking for a Mr. Andrew Brown. Well, I as Andrew Brown. Well, I'm from the Comfy Collar Shirt Company. Andrew Brown ain't in. I'm glad to meet you, Mr. Brown. I have some great news for you. These Comfy Collar shirts that you ordered are the finest shirt value in this country today. Yeah, but I... Now, I'm the customer contact man, and it's my job to go out and straighten out little difficulties such as you've been having here with these four shirts before lawyers step into the picture. Now, I can tell you, Mr. Brown, from our short acquaintance here with you, that it's not a question of money. Money? Of course not. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, where is I? I see. Well, now, uh, let me make a guess, Mr. Brown. You're not married. Or, uh, are you? Oh, uh, wait a minute now. You're guessing both ways. Well, now, offhand, I'd say you're a single man. 
Yeah, well, what about it? What about it? Why, Mr. Brown, have you ever thought of the beauties of matrimony? A little house in the country, a little wife to welcome you home at the end of a strenuous day, a delicious dinner on the table, and after that, the laughter and the gaiety of little children on the living room. Your children. These are the beauties of matrimony. This is every man's dream. And do you know how you can make that dream come true? How? By wearing a comfy collar shirt. <laughs> Boy, that must be some shirt. <laughs> Sounds strange, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah that's the greatest dollar and 75 cents value I don't ever hear of. Well, it's happened to thousands of other men, Mr. Brown, and it can happen to you, too. Now, take my own case, for instance. Six years ago, I was a forgotten man. I was shunned by the opposite sex. My life was a lonely one. For months, the only companionship I had was the echo of my own thoughts. I was being dragged down and down by the chains of loneliness. And why? Why? All because of a crumpled collar. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am sure sorry to hear that. Mr. Brown, haven't you noticed a tendency on the part of the feminine sex to avoid you? Well, no, I wouldn't say so, other than the fact that I can't get no dates. <laughs> And the only reason he can is that the gals won't go out with him. Wouldn't help him none if he was wearing a horse collar. I'd tell you that. <laughs> well, so six years ago, I was in the same spot until a friend, and only now do I realize what a real friend he was, told me about a comfy collar shirt. I bought a comfy collar shirt, and hardly had I gotten it on when my whole life took a different course. I watched it became a series of parties, invitations, dates. Ah, my telephone was ringing night and day. <laughs> and that could happen to you, Mr. Brown. Uh, well, that couldn't happen to Mr. Brown. And why not? Uh, his telephone had been disconnected. He... <laughs> well, what I'm trying to say, gentlemen, is that it's due to the comfy collar shirt that I was able to meet and marry the little wife who's waiting for me at home right now. Uh, pardon me, Mr. Stanley, but that don't look like a comfy collar shirt that you was wearing there now. Uh, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> well, no, well, no, 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 this isn't uh, a comfy collar shirt. <laughs> you see, uh, my wife is a, a bad cook, and I'm trying to get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Brown, uh, you made your decision? Are you going to send us the $7 or return the shirt, or what? Uh, well, tell me this, mister. If I decide to return the shirt, is they got to be like new? Absolutely, they can't be worn. Yeah, well, then I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, now, let me warn you. Your decision must come by tomorrow morning, or the lawyers will come by tomorrow afternoon. I was afraid of that. And in leaving, let me say, if you take my advice, you'll pay for the shirts. If you don't, you're going to cause yourself a lot of trouble. Now, I hope you do the smart thing, Mr. Brown. Good day. Kingfish, my only chance to make this is to make them shirts look like they ain't been wore. You know that? And that's what I'm going to do. Now, wait a minute. How can you unwear a shirt? We're going to wash them, Kingfish. Now, nothing doing, and I ain't got time right now. I'm busy. Oh, it'll be a cinch. Lightning has got an old five-gallon ice cream freezer down the cellar that they use once in a while for washing clothes in. We can wash the shirts in that. In an ice cream freezer? That's right. It's one of them things that you can turn by hand. Come on, Kingfish, let's go over there. And uh, you ain't got a bigger apron than this for me, is you? Yeah, you're getting splashed up there, huh? Uh, Lightning, hold it for a second. I yeah, sir. Lightning, can you really get clothes clean in this ice cream freezer? Uh, yes, sir, Miss Anna. It makes good ice cream, too. You mean you still use it for ice cream? <laughs> it don't seem like a good idea to use it for both. 
Well, it don't work bad, Miss Andy. Only trouble is sometimes the sheets and pillowcases come out strawberry. <laughs> oh, take the lid off, Leighton. Oh, look at them shirts in there now. They're coming along fine. Oh, I see it is. See, uh, I was just thinking, before we finish it up here, though, we ought to uh, put some starch in there. Uh, I know you're supposed to do that. Yeah, that's right. I wonder how much we ought to put in there. Well, that's easy to figure. We got four shirts in there, so we put in four boxes of starch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. That ought to be enough. We don't want to put too much in there. No. Sure, after all, when we taste the shirts back, they got to look like new. You got all the starch there, Lightning? Uh, yeah, sir. Here, too. Well, dump it all into things. Yeah. Pour it in there, Lightning. Oh, boy. Don't they look pretty in there? Yeah, look just like a frozen custard with polka dots in there. <laughs> okay, Lightning. Start running again. Stand back, man. Say, I wonder if we didn't put too much starch in these shirts, Anna. Well, this is the last one. Now there's all iron. Yeah, help me fold the sleeve back on this one, will you? Catch hold of the cuff there and push. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Now, come on, push. Push harder, a little more. Okay, that's got it. Yeah, too much starch in there, all right. Uh, careful now, Lightning. Don't drop them shirts. They're liable to crack off on you. Just stand them up in the corner. Say, look here, don't you think they're going to notice this scorch we got on the front of this shirt here? Oh, no, the starch will cover that up. We'll sprinkle some on them. Yeah. Well, as soon as Lightning come back with the wrapping paper, we'll wrap them up and take them back to the company. Yeah, now, I was really surprised that these shirts come out as good as it did after taking the beating it in an ice cream freezer. Wait a minute, Kingfish, wait a minute. Let's look at these shirts. What is the use of kidding ourselves? There ain't a chance in the world the company taking these shirts back. A two-year-old child could see that they'd been war and done over. You know, and I was just thinking, Amos is the cause of a lot of this trouble. If he didn't like the shirts in the first place, he ain't had no business uh, giving them away. He ought to give them back to you. And then you could have took them back to the company unwar. You wouldn't have been in no trouble then. Instead of that, he gave them to Ralph Jenkins. He wore them, and now it's a mess. Yeah, that was a mean trick, Amos, all right, giving away a birthday present. He is what you call the Indian receiver. <laughs> you, I would take these shirts back to the company and throw the whole blame on him. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going down there right now and start throwing. Well, Anna, do you feel unlike since you took them shirts back to the company yesterday? Yeah, I done told the president all about how we had the Washington Lightning's ice cream freezer. Mm-hmm. Of course, he didn't believe me, but I told him it was an ice cream freezer, all right. Yeah. But I told him if there's any blame, it's all on account of Amos Jones. Yeah, well, like I told you, Amos... Oh, wait a minute. Here come Amos now. Yeah. Well, hello there, boys. How is you? What do you want, Amos? Uh, listen, Andy, there's something that's been bothering me for a couple of days. It's kind of been on my mind. It's about them shirts. Well, now, look, Amos. I knows all about it, and what's done is done. So just let's forget it. I give them shirts to you as a present. So them shirts and whatever happens with them shirts is your business. Yeah, and it was right, Amos. Right is right. Yeah, I know, fellas, but I just wanted to tell you. Well, well here's your old customer contact man back again. Oh, how is you, Mr. Contact? I'm looking for a man by the name of Amos Jones. I thought you could tell me where to find him. Yeah, he's sitting right there. That's him. Uh, well, what you want to see me about, mister? Oh, oh, Mr. Jones. 
I am from the Comfy Collar Shirt Company, and our president, Mr. Marshall, has asked me to see you. Yeah, he's the one to see you, all right. Seems to me that you had something to do with four of our shirts that were washed in an ice cream freezer. Yeah, he's your man, all right. Now, wait a minute, mister. I don't... Now, we've investigated this whole thing. Look, mister, this is all a mystery to me. I... No mystery to us, Mr. Jones. Our sales department is going to embody this in our new selling campaign because any shirt that can stand up in an ice cream freezer and come out undamaged is the nation's number one shirt. I still don't see... Now, it. Mr. Jones, you have given us a marvelous selling point and an appreciation. We are happy to present you with this check for $50 and four new shirts. <laughs> well. Hey, uh, what's the matter with Mr. Brown there? His eyes are closed. Yeah, he always closes them when he faints. <laughs> to tune in again next Friday night at the same time when Amos and Andy will present their closing show before leaving the air for the summer. Andy will become the owner of a used car. Don't miss it. Our program is broadcast to our armed forces everywhere. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for all of us, bidding all of you good night. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks.